0: Hey there, this is Tevo D'Arcy of Tevo Creative Leadership. We're here in apostolic ministry. That means pioneering, trailblazing at the Lord's calling a work like Apostle Paul. And as Apostle Paul is a Christian mentor to myself and many others, there is a real need to discuss the word apostle, a Christian apostle, a chief apostle. To me, in our ministry, my opinion is that Apostle Paul wrote about himself in Galatians 1, 1, and 2, and in every Ephesians office, every title that was mentioned in his writings, including Bishop, in a lowercase servant leader fashion, not, ca- not famous, okay? Not big and famous. So even though he is renowned, there is a difference in modern-day terms since we deal with Hollywood, you know, all of us. Um, there's a difference in being renowned and a Christian celebrity. So we're trying to take that capital C of celebrity and bring it down to responsibility of real life people and chief apostle, in our opinion with a lowercase letter like Paul is an organic head of a movement, but also a teaching foundational revelation, which is what we have. Now I come to you in no makeup working since this morning, writing, hibernating running errands and now look just am just as I is just as I am on purpose it's for the purpose of saying we don't have to be all perfect and dressed up as a Christian to minister to the Lord to hear the word from the Lord and to help people so I will go scrub up I'm going to go to the gym after this, but right now it felt like it was important to give a word of the Lord. Now I'm going to teach on, I'm going to change the scenery so you can see the beautiful foliage in South and North Carolina. I call it lush, lush, sweet Charlotte because I like tree, I like the nature. Anyway, I'm going to teach on the difference to the Christian. What is the difference between a psychic, a clairvoyant, a mind reader, which is a cult, and a Christian Christian, spirit of prophecy, office of the prophet, even an apostle. And our ministry, the one that was called, this is an oracle. You know, I used to live in a rural area and it was fun. And I would hang out with more country and more later cosmopolitan. But I got some of the terminology that I would hear around the local pastors, of the more country, you know, churches and good people. And so I would hear the word oracle, you know, the capital A in the oracle office. So it's sort of stuck in my brain. I love bringing it out, you know, like a, you know, that flare. So it is an oracle office, you know, technically <laughs> it's to hear the Lord, hear the Lord privately in your calm space with God, your personal relationship, wherever that is, a car, an office, a building, and then you hear it, you pray about it and you get it and deliver it. That's the oracle <laughs> And it isn't an office. You can be an oracle anybody, but it is a Holy Spirit office, which has many other things tied with it and the vocabulary of an apostle, which I can teach on, but not right now. The main thing is when I am dealing with a lot of the occult in Christian ministry, prophetic versus psychic occult, how can you tell? I'm not going to really try to go there right now, but I'm going to try to help people because it is alarming, especially if you are more evangelical, not a Holy Spirit kind, in those charismatic. I'm not a charismatic. I was, used to be, technically, but in 2012 down in Dallas, I, I could not help but notice the doctrinal and fruit of character had really changed. And it was a lot of making money, achievement, a showbiz, but also occult and not loving good old boyism so and that was then but i realized how it affects jesus's name it affects wanting to go to church it affects women and men misogyny it's in racism you know and not all of them are like that and my disclaimer is i had a great time in dallas at the gym discovering this with god alone in the secret place and getting it on the computer online, fellowship.us, the online ministry started. But now we're in a new place. It's a whole new day. I feel really wonderful, comfortable up here. And so we're going to, you know, it's really a lot pure in heart. Generally, nobody's perfect. I'm not either. But I'm thinking it's really a different, worthy place. And I feel led to have, God is calling it out onto land, to have networking and gatherings and things like that. By divine appointment. Our ministry, technically is like Paul, not sent out by any one person, any one group to be neutral, umpire between the different kinds. But also I do, once we know people and have enough people that we can trust, I do take several people. You know, I have people that I bounce stuff off of for accountability. I'm not against that. It's just that it's so much control and manipulation, owning, false teaching, in the realm of the many, and even, you know, control that I cannot be right now. The freedom of being this, like Paul, he was not bought, owned, micromanaged, uh, seer-spied to keep him under control. It's that tough, that hard in the spirit, because you know, we teach Holy Spirit as well as Bible. The practical realm is you've got to deal with a lot of stuff. That's what I'm going to mention this today for ministers to really hear. Uh, let me deal with Paul. Paul, who is the hero role model in our brand, our kind of Christian, which is for anybody that needs it. It is Ephesians 4 Community, which is really called crossbody Unity, Book of Ephesians 4, diverse, multicultural. And it's no big eyes, but nobody is the big boss, yet there is a chain of command like it's true Bible. We're not into shepherding controlling authority that's well all right so paul is the example here's a scripture as a pastor i'm a free range kind that is almost trying to be more family not to be used but not to use anybody and i'm not gullible but i will say that we need people that are not hierarchical unapproachable and then you have lesser, you can be a good quality top person, but you don't know who's governing in your name at the bottom staff or elders because there's that's when the critical, I don't know what this is, showmanship has gotten in certain places, not all. All right, so that's usually where you find a cultist system. Because this is huge and complex, let me get to it. Paul said in Galatians 1, 1 and 2, I am Apostle Paul, he's not afraid, he's not ashamed to say it, But he doesn't use capital A, I am the apostle. No, no, (laughs) that's what you hear, though. We've heard, you know, a lot of us in ministry know that. All right, Paul, he says, servant leader, off-scouring of the world, unwanted really by the first 12 that were mentored by Jesus. We understand it. We're off-scouring. We're happy. I'm really, I'm happier out of that. So we're for the... Fame, the non-fame, we for the individual hearing God. And this is Cross a Unity, Book of Ephesians, as a submitted selah, not dogma. But you can pick out what you may need to help you because of the critical law in ministry and legalism. And the critical Levitical leadership and in the stands, the devout followers, they can be some of the toughest ones. Legalists. All right. We're wanting, I believe God wants us all to be emotionally healthy and emotionally mature. That means we're not going to be psychic. We're not going to be, you know, reading people's minds in this field of Holy Spirit. We're going to be genuine, relatable, try to be the same person on camera in a public setting as you are privately with your family. I I try. We're not perfect. Nobody has to be perfect. This is supposed to be cross-racial. And I'm looking for when God sends us a team of Christian ministers that we can bring on the camera, have a real set, and do it well. All colors, all styles, different nations. We're open because this is Holy Spirit, not me, putting this together. All right. So when we have cross-body unity, book of Ephesians, and it ties in with Galatians 1, 1, and 2, here's the big deal. All right. Paul, his authority, was his authority. He was sent. A sent messenger. He wasn't famous back then. He wasn't wanted by the first 12 apostles mentored by Jesus. That's how he got to know the Lord better in Arabia, in Damascus with the Arabs, getting ready for the Gentiles and the abundance of the revelation from his time spent alone with him in the Lord, Ephesians 1.17 proof. All right. So he comes back down and then Paul says to the Galatians, it is my opinion, since he starts the whole letter to the elders in church at Galatia, who later he admonished, who called out, he's saying, who puts you elders of the church of Galatia back into witchcraft? Oh, you foolish Galatians, after Jesus set you free and liberated you, you're not under the old LP law anymore, and now you want to go back? So it is my opinion, after research and experience, that Paul first had to let them know he is the real deal. He is. Whether they agree, whether they're legalist, whether their minefields are all over the place, are critical, Levitical, or not. So we're explaining it because we understand the truth of real ministry. We really do. For decades, you know, just God's mercy. All right, so Paul says, I am not sent out by anybody, any one person, so I don't get bought, owned, micromanaged, or censored. Yet, I'm going to say one more because I do love to fellowship with the saints. Even on a long-term basis, I like to go to church when it's not spooky or witchy. All right, Where I go, when I go, I'm there on their auspices, on their turf. It's not my turf. I abide. I discern all the boundaries. When I'm there, I just park my own ministry. If they want me to do something, they can ask me. But I'm not doing anything. I'm just loving it. If God needs me to serve, I will. But I go not looking for anything, I go where I can take off, where I'm not going to be red, all this monkey business of Christianity mixed with occult and psychic. It really is. Because I love Holy Spirit. See, I have to be this strong and upfront because they control the false teaching that is in the Holy Spirit book of Acts Wells right now. The pumped up power plan of the prophetic, a lot of this is white prophetic, is a lot of it is showbiz and they just haven't had good you know, it's pretense because they missing it in a lot of key respect for ordinary, you know, a lot of stuff, which I can talk of later. But because I know how it is when you are, I was raised Baptist, a real Christian, you don't want to go crazy. You don't want to go off. You don't want to be in a cult and you don't want to find fault either, but you have to make sure for you, is it God or not when you're talking about Holy spirit movings, that's big. Let me finish with Paul. All right. Paul said, I, in Galatians 1, 1 and 2, I and the brothers who are with me. This is a key thing, especially in light of authority, especially in light of accuser authority, which is whelp shepherding. Paul didn't say, I am over all those people. I and the brothers, surely their mothers, fathers, sisters, cousins, males and females. I and the brothers and sisters who are with me. All right. He was with them. That means he was not over them, but he wasn't under them. He was. If he had to be firm with somebody who was a little off or a little nutsy, he had to rise up and be the chain of command. You don't don't do that. But other than and to confront them. Other than that, Paul said, "I am out here as a servant leader, co-laboring. I'm willing to collaborate. I'm willing to be here in Jerusalem or wherever he wanted. God sent him. We're here." to be available to the other Christian ministers to help them whatever way. Pray for them. I can pray for them. Uh, minister for them. Uh, let them... Iron sharpens iron. Let us collaborate. That's what I think we, we really want. I am have many different facets I operate in by God's mercy over time. And we can function under different kinds of God's ministry from music to you know worship and stuff. And just... Prophetic, but also uh, counseling, and so doctrinal teaching has really been on the big deal for the last few years because of what we've seen in the last fifteen years. Dallas, and Dallas started it because Dallas, Dallas is great, but when you see a subculture, a huge, huge Christian subculture that you really didn't know is that huge, you'd see maybe a pocket of it in your life here and there, but this is just everything. It was a lot of things, and I hate to say it. A lot of undermining, false accusing, authority— a lot of it. So we're not playtime, but a lot of people seem to think I am. So that's why I'm being this bold. Um, So Paul said I'm not under. That didn't mean he didn't wasn't accountable. That he didn't respect authority—not at all. But he had his own that he had to defend, because it was not taught and not—it was new. And also the good old boys of the day, and the good old girls, the old sin spires surely didn't get it. Because see, what I now know is that if you have a new move that's newer than the old new move on you, you'll have a different flavor, a different energy, a different vibe. And people will, hate to say it, accidentally accuse, think you're out of it, and fail to discern the body of Christ correctly if they're not careful. There's a huge crowd of that. My mom... My minister mom, my mom, who's a pastor's wife, she never, you know, they were Baptists, so she didn't call herself a pastor. She was the pastor's wife, but she had authority. Authority. And so she, one day out of the blue, because she was not a prophet, my mom was not a prophet, she was an exhorter, organizer, trainer. All right, good mom. So when mom just made this comment, when I was in high school, a couple of times, I thought it was unusual, but now I know why she said it. It was a prophetic. Word, mom of all people. All right, so she said, out of the blue one day, she said, Tavo, you know, when there's a move that's accepted, a move of God, a Bible teaching, what kind of move that's already in place and well favored, everybody's accepted it. They have their teaching, they have their schools, they have all this stuff. It's the popular one of the day she says however i noticed she had noticed this that the next move that was about to come forth emerge by the holy spirit as part of the proper like paul came after the 12 disciples adding on completing or you know complimenting not competing then she said my mother said i noticed that when the other move that's out in the rank is really looked down on criticized accused uh, as coming to take their place the mavericks, they're ornery, they're proud, whatever. She saw the, the trend. However, this is what she said. When that despised, off-scouring move comes into power, people start to get it. They like it. They want it. They start to fund it. They start to buy their books. They start to populate it. Then they are tested again. They are tempted, and they do, she said, they start looking down on the next move coming after them. See, nobody, never, there's never going to be a move that isn't a new one somewhere out, even in the rank and file in the nursery. So I learned that. And so when I started to get ridiculed, you know, all these people learning about some of these things the hard way, tough knocks, misogyny, and things like that, I knew that I, my foot is not measured by my that that's their choice not mine I've never was raised around it nobody ever did that in my father anybody in my family no men I ever knew that till I got out and I hate to say it raised raw look like they're charismatic or something all right not all so we learned and we learned as Paul you know Jesus learned through the things that he suffered that's all right a lot of people are doing that so mother said dear mom she said when, the, when there's one move that gets accepted, they look down on the next move. And that is exactly right. So I would like to say, I've thought this since the 90s. When I saw this happening back in before Dallas, I thought, i made notes of training. And my training is this. Do not touch faith people, prophetic people, white people especially, brown people. Do not touch God's anointed do his prophets no harm now everybody was quoting that back then that was in place elevated (laughs) however i was out in the new move being formed in the seats quietly and all these others and we were like by only the haughty i'm sorry certain kinds that um love their titles we were watching and noting what to do and not do as well and you can learn from this what not to do and what to do maybe And so we learned when people exalt themselves and say, we are the apostles of the gates of the city. Watch it, watch it, watch it. All right, so we try not to. But I learned then, I thought, let's learn from this, that these people who say, I had this one particular person who was short. (laughs) And he would say this because I was watching. I knew that I would go for beautiful worship. I knew the worship leader. So I'd go certain times, I was never a member in their fellowship, but I would go, you know, it's open in Christianity, you should be able to visit where God leads you, to any church, churches. So I was there, and I heard this person say, the Oracle of the Knights, the office say, you know, warning the people, because he'd been, I guess, really lambasted, or people talked against him, or put him, you know, did things. He said, don't touch, he warned the audience, don't touch God's anointed, do his prophets no harm. And I heard that, and then I noticed that was the most gossipy thought witch watcher, accuser, psychic occult in the area at the time. And I noticed and I forgave him. And this is not to put it, anything on them now, not to, that was then, this is decades later. So then I noticed the principal and my mom and I thought they it needs to be taught now and trained there is always in case you're haughty in case you think you've arrived there's always a new move newer than you out in the seats and then if I think I'm coming up in this move there's going to be somebody else in the nursery in middle school in high school that's coming up also, for the ones following that, should Jesus tarry. This is why we got to be more careful. It's hurting due to false doctrine, not depth, and then accusation. Blanket, we are the world, almighty, blanket, false teaching, you know. So with that in mind, we move forward to teach what is the difference between psychic and prophecy. Let me do that. Hopefully my battery will keep on going here. So I plan to let you see the beautiful nature of South Carolina, North Carolina. Let's see if it's the right button. Maybe it isn't. All right. So we will not do that. I was trying to show you beauty. There it is. Beautiful. Beautiful. So here we are, as I believe a lot of people should think themselves church on the go, worship on the go, hearing God, receiving from the Lord on the go, wherever you can, whatever you can, whatever he tells you to do. Do it. Maybe it's a long time. Maybe not. I don't always do it like this, but it's so handy. God is amazing. He's right with you no matter what. All right. So if I were to teach on the Holy Spirit versus a spirit of prophecy, I want you to know that I am not a, I'm sent to talk on it, but I'm not, don't have to be called a prophet. I move in the spirit of prophecy. I teach on it. I do call myself because I know it shocks people. I do am a prophet, I really apostle prophet because God says, but it isn't like a big deal. It's just functioning in it. And you got to know there is such a thing, and it isn't to have to be a superstar. That's the big issue. It doesn't have to have a lot of... You know, Paul said, I am the brothers that are with me. Uh-oh, I might have to have a part two about this. My battery's going down. Paul said, I am the, brother, I am the brothers that are with me. Well, if you have an online ministry, you can have thousands online and not see a soul with you, or maybe just the ones at the local barista fellowship. So it's quit being legalist. So many people are fault-finding. Oh, my. This is why I love it. The audience of one, Jesus Christ, is the only one that I care, if they care. really is. It shows up. He's the only one that, if he ever watches, he'll be the one. That's all I'm doing it for. Psychic versus prophet. All right? John sixteen thirteen. It says, basic, this is a basic foundational teaching, that Hebrews 1, 1 and 2 all right, about an office prophet Isaiah eleven two and three, the Messiah prophet foretold his character. All right, so Isaiah when it will come later, let's do John sixteen thirteen. When the Bible teaches, when the Spirit of Truth has come, He will guide you into all truth. He will not talk about Himself. He We'll talk about things to come. All right. So we have to analyze it. And I believe that this will be the verse, and I'll continue another time because of the you know battery. All right. When the spirit of truth has come, that's keeping you as saved, not in the wrong spirit from occult. You gotta have some more education beside that, because there's it's a subjective area, it can be wacky, can be dark, it can be true. So we want to have fun with it. We don't want to make it so super spiritual. We don't want to make it like we're so serious. We can never have joy because that's part of the missing link in prophecy today, white prophecy. Hebrews 1.9 is the prophet Jesus who is known for his oil of joy and gladness above his fellows. So I have a lot of scriptures. Just see how long we can go with this. All right. Done this since 91. Been studying the body since 24. Knowing the movements sent by the Lord for such a time as this, for his glory. And Ephesians crossed by the unity, I guess, to help people who are stuck in religious minefields. Next, when the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. You want to make sure you're not being guided in the wrong direction. Tongue talking or not. Even if you're a tongue talker or not, this is still for you. It's not having to have Holy Spirit, glossolalia, speaking in tongues. That's my dad's seminary word for tongue talking. All right, I do it. It's really practical and down to earth for me. But listen, you've got to hear God no matter what. When the Spirit of Truth has come, how does it come? Who is the Spirit of Truth? It's God's Holy Spirit. And how you get it is this. We need to teach this, though, to make it plain how we get it, not just randomly. Oh, we're going to prophesy. You know, that's a helpful hint. When the Spirit of Truth has come, He will guide you. All right, that's the principle. But how does the Holy Spirit come? The Holy Spirit comes when you say, Jesus, I want you to be my Lord and Savior. I want you to forgive me of all my sins. I want to live forever with you. I want to... I want to do what you say and serve you and please you and just show me what you want me to do. And I'm going to go with you from now on. I want to make him Lord. Save me, Lord. So when that happens, he gives you a free deposit of his Holy Spirit. Pure. Representing James 3.17. This is how you can test if it's a person that's true. If I'm true, if you're true. Or a message in your spirit and soul is true. James three seventeen, the Holy Spirit witnessed is this, the wisdom that comes from above. James three seventeen is first of all pure, peaceable, easily entreated, full of mercy and good fruit, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Go back and read that and really discern that. I have to keep moving on. All right. It will also represent 2 Timothy one seven. God has my God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of sound. But of sound, let's see. My God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power. His power, love, real love, not self-righteousness, and a sound mind, not depressed, not oppressed, not loveless. Okay, not scared and worried. So we got to know basic, basic training for setting up all these huge deals with the spirit of prophecy. Because there's a lot of gap. It looks like a lot of ministry has not even got the basic foundation to lay a core of truth for, to, to prevent, I guess, weirdness and flakiness, false teaching. Not all, and I listen, I could be the worst one. So this is why I submit it as a sila. You see if it's true or not. Don't put me or anyone else on any kind of pedestal at all. This is a Paul teaching also that he did the same thing. We just by grace and long suffering have found this out and it has been a joy to find it because the rest of it was so full of misogyny and dogma politics and religion that, you know, it's like Paul in the Isle of John and the Isle of Patmos and Paul in the Damascus, similar 14 year periods. Okay. When the spirit of truth, how does he come? You invite Jesus, into your heart, he gives you a free deposit of the Holy Spirit. Now, after a while, you have to nurture it, grow about it. It may take a long time. Get mentoring. Let people, family, people that you trust that are pure-hearted, speak into your life, correct you, read your Bible, go to meetings, put on YouTube, whatever it says. But it's got to then be tested. Whatever you feel, test it. And I just gave you, and you can write it down to look at them yourself. James 3.17, it's got to pass that criteria if it witnesses to James 3.17 that the fruit is pure, peaceable, easily entreated, full of mercy, and good fruit without partiality, without hypocrisy. And 2 Timothy 1.7, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of his power, love, and a sound mind. That has been my standby for since for years because of good, good parenting, non-witch watching teaching and also sound doctrine just coming up from the Billy Graham years and by grace. A lot of study. All right, so God has not given me a spirit of fear. Let's go on with, and that's big for a person who doesn't understand Holy Spirit, that may be scared of prophecy, the word prophecy, They may be scared of Holy Spirit. This is a great one to say, is it really God or not, if I feel weird? Uh, and that's why we want you to proof it and see. And you can always write in and ask questions. Write in at tclleadership@gmail.com at gmail.com. All right, so. When John 16:13, when the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you. Yes, you can get everybody else's teaching under the sun, every famous face, every unfamous face, every dream, every nightmare, every, you know, nightmares would not be God. And then you can get all the Bible teaching. But down deep, one day you're going to have to really isolate and interperceive and discern the Holy Spirit, the still small voice, the instructing GPS that the Lord gives you for free and amazing, like Enoch in a first, like Paul. Ephesians 1:17. He got his abundance of the revelation from his time with the Lord, not being perfect, not partying with all the people, but being with God. Really being the new move that nobody wanted the outcast. Really, for a long time. So to count, it is the best thing. With no matter what, no matter who, is to keep your joy and peace out of all this. Be calm. John sixteen thirteen. When the Spirit of Truth has come, He will guide you into all truth. Now, what is all truth? All truth means what you'll never get all the truth that is existence from cells, molecules, planets all the stuff in the world. You'll never get all the book learning and all the encyclopedias and online until you get to heaven. So one day you will get there to all truth. When we, you know, when we get to heaven, you'll know there's no limit. Now he will guide you into all truth means all the truth that he feels you need for your ministry, your call, your life, your finances, your, your helping other people, your witness, getting to know him. He eventually, not in a formula, not instant, not fast fix, I've got it by three methods and two countdowns, you know. (laughs) It will be one day in, one day out, one day in, one day out. All right. So when the spirit of truth has come, praise the Lord, it will be needing to be developed, nurtured, and brought forth. But in the meantime, you will have times of fasting and trial and joy and progress, processing. And then you can find people and things and messages that will edify comfort and strengthen you. Part of the word of the word prophecy means to edify comfort and strengthen, not to bring you down, tear you down, find fault with you, accuse you, guard you and read your mind like you're a witch and never speak to you to confirm it. That is some of the stuff. That's mixture, Ishmael versus Isaac. You know who Isaac is. We want I I want I want to be Isaac. I'm still working on me. I haven't got. Believe me, we have still a lot to go. But I've gotten great contentment, contentment despite all that by God's grace. We want to have more when the Spirit of Truth has come, not the Spirit of us has come, the Spirit of His truth, not ours, not us. It's Him. All right so no bias when the spirit of truth has come he will guide you into all truth so you claim that lord lord you say cuz i know the holy spirit i have the lord in my heart i only want the truth lord please guide me to the, in the spirit of truth where you need me keep me away from the faults keep me away from the vain keep me away from all this you know stuff going on keep me When the Spirit of Truth has come, He will guide you. That's a key right there. The inward witness of the Holy Spirit has been my keeper, my paraclete comforter, and a joy like a GPS. All right. He will guide you into all truth. He will not talk about Himself. He will talk about things to come. Let me... Next part. He will not talk about Himself. Someone told me... I never got that part of it. I knew the next part was pretty easy to understand. But that part was, what does that mean, he will not talk about himself? When Jesus went to pray in the garden with his father, he related to the father. This is what it means. Jesus would go in, and later he came out, and he would tell us, all of us, he was so wise... I do not do anything unless I see what my father say, see, shows me to do. I do not say anything unless I hear my father say it. How did he hear? How did he see it? In his perceiver, discerner, his spirit, by the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. He said, "I did not. I will not say anything. I'll wait until I hear the Lord tell me." Mm-hmm. Don't say that. Say it like. Oh, and then how you say it too. Say, it. say these words, but don't shout at them. Say these words, but respect them. Say these words, but don't say that other word. So it's like that. All right, when the Spirit of Truth. So then he will not do anything unless he sees his fathers do it. That was when Jesus wrote in the sand after the you know the Pharisees caught the adulterous lady. And they always leave the man at home, but they always catch the woman. and they threw it at Jesus' feet trying to trick him so that he would stone her like they wanted to. And so Jesus wasn't going to be fooled. He listened instead, and pulled away and wrote in the sand to wait and perceive inside by the Holy Spirit what Father said to do about all that, how to handle that weird situation. And he did. We'll talk on that one a whole another time. So he will give you the things that you need, and he can let you. Nobody, at least I can't. Maybe people can. I never have gotten the part down that I will not say anything unless the Lord, first I see it. I'm sorry I'm working on it. I'm not there. I do my best. I try to, you know, hear God and when I talk to people. But I'll be honest, nobody's mastered it all and you never will, in my opinion. The next part, I don't... Oh, I, You know, Psalm 127, verse 1 says, Those who... Unless the Lord builds the house, those who labor, labor in vain. That's the same thing to us. Another practical way of thinking about it is to say, I don't do anything unless I inner perceiver hear and know the Holy Spirit. Tell me to do it or build it or grow it. And I do live like that. I try. I really do. All right. These are just little tips, hints for you to figure it out yourself. Last he will not talk about himself. That means Jesus wasn't there. And this is the part that I didn't understand. Jesus wasn't figuring, reasoning. I heard the Lord, you know, I'm going to figure out that what is, what is it? Why am the problem working? Why am I not getting my answer? Why haven't I seen my miracle? Figuring and analyzing and beating yourself down or seeking all these people Jesus didn't talk about himself to confuse you know he didn't work his soul up it was a soul realm thing instead he waited he waited until he got the peace of God and the clear vision inside of what to do and not to do and where to do it Then nah, the last part then we got to finish so he will not talk about himself he will talk about things to come when the spirit of truth has come he will guide you into all truth that you need to know for your life you get to heaven and he will not talk about himself or spread rumors and he will talk about things to come now this right there is for anybody it can lead you into spiritual spirit of prophecy Uh uh-oh Sorry about that. We had a, a, to replug our battery, and so we'll finish up. All right. It says that He will guide you into all things uh, and talk about things to come. He'll talk about things to come. How does He talk about things to come? You are there with the Lord one day when you're just sitting there at the with your Bible or sitting in the park or walking down the road. All of a sudden, the little voice of the Holy Spirit starts to put a name on your spirit. You'll see somebody's name, a picture an idea, a need to pray, a vision for the future, an idea for your advancement of your call, your business, your location. So he will not talk about himself, but he'll tell you things to come. So he'll teach you things, a basic vision, not a, you know, etched in concrete, I can't tweak it or, you know, it's not literal. It's a, it is a call by faith, but it's a perceived goal, a perceived call, a perceived honor, a perceived gift, you know, whatever it is, is revelation through your relationship in the fear of the Lord. Last, he will talk about things to come. All right. The spirit of truth will guide you into truth. He will guide you and talk about things to come. That is where you can get your word of the Lord by yourself in your heart, Save it for the day that you know it's supposed to come out. Save it for the day. Treasure it. Ponder it. Tweak it. Pray about it. And then when the Lord says deliver it, you deliver it. Whether it is a message on the phone. Whether it is an email. Whether it is a cell phone. uh, Whether it is a word of the Lord written in a blog or on television. Or in a message for a speaker. A national word or a private word. It is not going to be forced up, making you stressed. It is going to be calm and Holy Spirit governed, self-governed with peace and calm, not threatening, not putting fear in people, not putting them down, not being biased, not being proud, not being cunning or conning. It'll be the Lord. And that's what we want right now. God bless you. He loves you. This is Tavo DRC signing off for now got to turn that battery off and put this up there. Be blessed. Bye-bye.